0: Hey everyone, welcome to 2021 on the Autism Helper podcast. I cannot believe that I started this podcast over two years ago and now we have over 100 episodes. That is crazy, crazy, crazy. So to celebrate these milestones, I wanted to share some of my favorite full episodes as encore episodes these next few weeks. I picked episodes that to me, give the best advice. So not only were they episodes that had a lot of downloads and a lot of listens, but episodes that I think you really got, you know, the bang for your buck. It's a quick listen, 15, 30 minutes, but it brought a lot of value and gave some great action items. And if you listen to this podcast, if you've listened to all over 100 episodes, you know I love an action item. So let's start 2021 on the right foot and let's talk staff training. I'm going to take us way back to the beginning, yep, to episode number one. I started off this podcast talking about staff training, which I think is really fitting because it's something I talk about all the time. It's something that I know is so essential to running an effective classroom. This will make or break the success of your room. And I don't say that lightly because I've been on both sides. I've been on the side where I didn't have a cohesive team. And I've also been on the side where I did have a cohesive team. So I could really see and feel and know that there is such a difference. Now episode one of the podcast started out with staff training and it gave a lot of great ideas and things you can put into place. And you may be thinking, well, The world was a very different place when you started this podcast, Sasha. Yeah, it was. I would have absolutely never imagined two years ago that I would be doing podcast episodes about virtual instruction and online teaching because none of us knew a pandemic was coming. But as I re-listen to this episode, these foundational ideas and concepts hold true today. Whether you are in online learning, hybrid learning, or going back into a socially distant classroom, the foundations of staff training are going to still hold through. So let's go back to episode number one and let's listen for the first time if you haven't caught it yet or re-listen to staff training part one. I've been talking about staff training literally nonstop for the past few months because it's so important. I don't think anyone disagrees with the fact that staff training is important, but it's not always important enough to be on our radar on a daily basis, but it needs to be, and it should be. You can't just do staff training in August. Staff training is a year-round endeavor. Staff training is important because you need your whole team together, Our jobs are hard, our students have a lot of needs, and their paraprofessionals and classroom assistants are in your room for a reason. They're in your room to help you teach your kids, to help you meet those needs, their instructional needs, their functional needs, communication needs, and they're not mind readers. You have to tell them what to do and teach them. So staff training is obviously important, but why do we forget about this? And I say forget on purpose because no one wakes up on a Monday morning and is like, you know what? I'm going to make sure to not train my staff today. No, we just get bogged down in everything else that's included with our job. Between IEPs and behavior plans and data and running academic instruction and behavior problems, there's so much going on that staff training just gets pushed to the bottom and things are okay. But don't be satisfied with okay. Don't be satisfied with an okay team. You want a great team. You want a team that works together so well. You want a team that other teachers are jealous of. And to get there, you need to train your staff. You have to be the leader. And it's hard because none of us likely went into teaching or special education because they wanted to be a manager If you wanted to be a manager, you would probably go into the business world, but we didn't go into teaching for this, but it's really such a huge part of our job, and when we choose to ignore it or forget about it or push it to the bottom of the pile, we're not doing as good of a job as we could be at our profession. And it's hard to be a manager and be a leader, and a lot of us, I think, Want to be nice and want everyone to like us and avoid confrontation. And I get it. I agree with all of those things. But we have to put the needs of our students first. And I think when you think about it that way, that by being confrontational and standing up for what's right and training my staff and calling out things that are wrong and getting everyone together and making the time for staff training. When you think about that, those things are what's best for your students. and I know that's what all of you want. You want what's best for your students. And making time and a concerted effort every single day to train your staff, if that's what's best for your students, that kind of helps you get on board with really making it a priority and really making sure that that's what's going on every day in your classroom. Staff training is hard not only because we have so many other things going on, But it's hard because this might not be something that comes naturally to us. Being the leader, being the one to delegate, being the one in charge. There's a lot of obstacles in a lot of our situations for that. You might be incredibly younger than the assistants in your classroom. You might have way less experience than the assistants in your classroom. They might have been here years before you and you worked at a different school and they know these kids super well. It might feel weird, it might feel uncomfortable, and if that is your only hang up on staff training, that it feels weird and odd and you don't like it, my only thing to tell you here is get over it. That is not enough of a reason to avoid being the leader of your team, is that it feels weird and uncomfortable. Who cares? We ask our students every day to do things that are hard and challenging and difficult. And we need to be the model of that. Do the things that are hard and challenging and difficult and lead your staff. If it doesn't come naturally, that's okay. You'll get better at it with time. You weren't a great teacher on day one, or even if you were, you got better. We get better with practice and you have to practice leading your team. So if your only hang up is, eh, I don't want to tell people what to do. I feel weird or whatever you literally need to tell yourself, get over it. And I hope you hear my voice in your head because that's not a good enough reason. This is what's best for your students. It's what's best for your students to have a team of staff that work together. So you have to really get over that hang up if that's what it is. So some of you, maybe you've gotten over that hang-up. You're like, okay, I'm on board. I can handle delegating. I can handle, you know, kind of being the leader and being the one in charge. But the question I get all the time is, how do I find the time? Where's the time? Where's the common planning time with my staff? I've been to very few schools that offer up that common planning time with paraprofessionals on a silver platter. It's hard to find time where everyone's paid to be there because sometimes in some schools, assistants are only paid from bell to bell or when the children are in the building. So that's challenging. We're not gonna ask staff to stay after unpaid. We don't wanna ask anyone to do that. So finding that time can be really difficult because when you have a break or you have a planning time, your aides are with the kids. Someone has to be with the kids the whole day. So the finding the time question is a is is an important one and something that we need to spend some time fleshing out because that one is one we can fix and one we can find some solutions to. So when you approach looking for time in your day for staff training, there's two Areas of our day, we're going to look for staff training time. The first area that we're going to look for staff training time is before or after school. The second time that we're going to look for is during the school day. So, I'm going to get into the before or after school. So, this depends a lot on your school district or where you work. And of course, contracts and unions and all this play a role in this. So if your staff is paid to be after school or before school for some time period, maybe the kids leave at 2:45 and they are paid till three o'clock.:
1: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. with each new idea, innovation and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.
0: Advocate for those 15 minutes. Make sure that your staff doesn't have... duty. They have to go help with dismissal or help with something kind of unrelated to your room. If they have something like that already in their schedule, go to your administrators. You have to advocate for yourself. No one's going to come over to you and be like, hey, it seems like you need some staff training time. Let me set this up for you. No, you have to be the one to make that happen. So if you have the opportunity for that 15 minutes or 20 minutes at the start or end of the day, if your aides have other duties or something else to do in the school, go to your administrator, schedule a time, be respectful, be polite, come with all of the reasons why you need your staff in your classroom then. Discuss and have it even printed out everything you're going to do with that time. We're going to review behavior plans. We're going to analyze academic data. We're going to train on taking data. Have a list ready to go to show how you're utilizing that time. If your staff is not paid to stay after school at all, they're only paid until the bell rings or the kids get on the bus. I think that it's worth approaching your administrator or special ed director about potentially adding in some training time on a regular basis where staff is paid. And again, this is a shot in the dark. They might say no, but they might say yes. So it's worth asking. So approaching your administrator and saying, you know, could there be once a month where you pay staff to stay after school for a half an hour? And that's it. Just the half an hour. That's all I need. Once a month, once a quarter, whatever you kind of feel like you can ask for. And again, they might say no, but sometimes they might say yes. So I think it's worth investigating that. The other area of your day that you can look for staff training time is during the school day. So that means when the kids are in your building, in their kids are in your classroom, carving out time within that area. And this feels weird and wrong, but it's okay. And I'm going to talk you through it. So we feel like every single minute the kids are in our class, we have to be engaged and doing work and everyone's you know, doing what they're supposed to be doing. And that's all it can be. But we have to sometimes get creative and find time during the school day to train our staff when we don't have another option. So my advice here is to... Find some time during the week, and maybe it's on a weekly basis or twice a week basis where there are less activities going on. Maybe a few of the kids have a therapy like speech therapy or OT, something like that. And give kids break time. Give kids iPad, give um, you know toys, preferred activities, reinforcers. I really prefer to do this in the afternoon at the end of the day because let's be real, Everyone's over it by 2.30. So having kids have break time, reinforcement, rec leisure time, whatever you want to call it, making sure kids are safe, kids are taken care of, and meeting with your staff then. And taking those 20 minutes every Friday afternoon and meeting with your staff. And you're like, well, the kids are in my room. I should be working with the kids. But by working with your staff, you are working with the kids. Because when you're teaching your assistants how to take data and run a behavior plan and implement an activity in the way you envisioned, that means that that staff member is going to do that throughout the rest of the year, the rest of the week, the rest of the month. So by teaching your staff how to do something, they're going to be able to do that just like you would and your students are going to get better quality instruction throughout those other times of their day. So don't feel like by taking that time away from your kids then, it's really taking time away, it's not. You're giving them back that time in such a massive way because they're going to get better instruction when they're with the assistants or paraprofessionals throughout the rest of the year by you doing that. Another way to set up time for staff training during the school day, and this is kind of specifically for academic data, is if you have a center-based classroom taking a week Yes, a full week, five days, and for the kids that come to your group, let's say you run teacher time or direct instruction, whatever you call it, when kids come to your table during this week, they do puzzles, they do iPad, they do some type of independent activity that doesn't require you, and you go sit with your paraprofessional at her center Every single day that week. So you sit with the kids that come to her and you model how to run the data collection system. You model how to implement activities. You model how to run the whole center and whole station. Then after a day or two of modeling, you observe her do it or him do it. Then you give feedback, you troubleshoot, you fade yourself out. But take five days to do that because Your aide's going to need a day or two to watch you do it. You're going to need a day or two to watch them do it. And then you want to give some feedback and make sure you can kind of troubleshoot and make sure everything's going okay. So by taking that full week, those full five days, and yes, you're leaving your center. But by providing that kind of quality training in situ with those kids, your students at that center are now going to get quality instruction the rest of the school year, the rest of that month. So it's not taking time away. It's just adding it in a different, better way. And you'll go back to your group after that week and pick up where you left off. And then plan regular check-ins. Maybe the first Monday of every month, you sit with that staff member at that same center and you go over how everything's going. You review data. You see if anything needs to be updated or changed. Remember, staff training is a year-long endeavor. It's not one and done. You have to continue on with this the whole year. But I'm really just kind of the point I keep trying to make is we sometimes feel like we're taking time away from our kids by doing this, and we're really not. We're giving them so much. We're giving them so much instruction and rigor and individualized instruction by taking that time to work with our staff and make sure we're all on the same page on how we're providing instruction. So I've really been covering why we need staff training and how to go to about getting the time for staff training. I haven't really gotten into what do I do with that time yet and what are some great ways to communicate with my staff so I'm not coming off too strong but I'm also getting my message across. I mentioned the word confrontational earlier confrontational isn't a bad word. I think it has a negative connotation. But by being confrontational, I really want to just kind of illustrate that we need to be direct. And sometimes we're too subtle, we leave too much up in the air, and conflict arises from miscommunication. So by being direct and saying exactly what we want and what we're thinking, we're going to avoid conflicts later. I think we could all agree we want to avoid potential staff conflicts. No one wants to deal with that. So being direct will will really help you out. So in the next episode, I'm going to get into the specifics of when we're working with our staff, what do we do? How do we communicate our message? And how can we be really direct in a still positive way to get our message across? The point of staff training is really to multiply yourself. You want to have every place that your students go in your class getting quality instruction and it basically being like their own teachers there. So even though your classroom assistant is at their center, it's like the teachers there. Your assistants aren't just there to undo task boxes and take kids to and from the bathroom. They're there to be educators, to be teachers, to be running IEP goals and providing quality instruction. And to do that... You have to train them. So by spending the time in staff training, you're really doubling the capacity of your classroom. Instead of just one teacher, now there's two or three or four. So think about how much better instruction your kids are going to be getting then. Also, good is the enemy of great. Don't be satisfied with a good team, with a team that works okay together. You want a great team. You want your kids to be getting great instruction at every corner of your classroom. So don't be satisfied that your centers are just good and the instruction that they're getting with that paraprofessional is good. We want the instruction to be great. We want all everything to be going as well as it possibly could be. So really you know, have yourself come to the next level and and encourage your team and be the leader of your team to bring your team to that next level and get there where everyone's collaborating in a really positive, productive way all the time. And the kind of silver lining on all of this is people enjoy working on teams where they feel valued and they feel helpful and productive. And by making your classroom staff Members of that team in a meaningful way, where they're educators in your classroom, they're gonna be happier. And people like working in places where they're happier. So it's just gonna make the overall environment of your classroom so much better. So I hope that this episode gave you some great motivation and ideas for really ramping up your staff training. And if you've been doing it this year, awesome and just keep at it and if you if it's something you've forgotten about a little I hope that this will really encourage you to really add this into your day on a regular basis so we really got into the why and the how to make it happen in my next episode I'll get more into what do we do with this training time and how can we make sure the training is really valuable If you have any other questions on staff training, please let me know. I'd love to hear what ideas work for you and what of these ideas you pulled into your classroom. I've used a lot of these strategies when I was in the classroom and with the schools I consult with with great success. So I hope these ideas work for you as well. Thanks for listening to the Autism Helper Podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to hear more, hit subscribe. It would mean a lot to me if you left some feedback.